Welcome to Passion Life Church. We are concluding today a series that we've called The Power of Priority. And you know, the word priority is an interesting word, but it's very simple. It just means to put first things first. I want you to turn to James chapter 4, verse 6 today. How many of you know life can be very, very busy? What I think is funny is when I talk to retired people and they're like, I'm busier than I ever was. And I'm like, you're freaking retired. Come on, somebody. you know what I'm saying? But it's amazing how your schedule can just fill up, even though you're like, I'm not working anymore. But life can be busy. How many of you can attest to that? Life can be busy. And if we're not careful, I think what can happen, it can happen to all of us, is that we can spend a lot of time on what's urgent and never really get to what's important. And this is where priorities come in because what happens instead of doing first things first, we start to do second things first and then we never ever get to our goals. But here's what happens when you have the right priorities. When you have the correct priorities in life, you actually start to begin to create the future that you believe God has for you. See, people who have the right priorities are initiators, listen, not reactors. People who don't have the correct priorities, they will find themselves in this year, 2023, reacting to every circumstance, reacting, and they live a reactive life. I don't want to live a reactive life. I want to create the future that God has for me. How many would you believe that today? And so priorities are so important. You know, Stephen Covey said this, most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is important. And when you think about priorities, really what priorities do is they reveal your values, the things that you value. And what shows your priorities? If we were to really, it's not what you say, it's really your actions are what determine your priority. Have you found James chapter four, verse six? Let's read this. It says, but he, who is he, God, but he gives us more and more grace. Somebody say grace. Come on, shout grace this morning. So he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. How many of you this morning are thankful for God's grace? Today, I'm going to kind of emphasize that because you're going to see how important it is. It says, therefore, it says God opposes to the proud and he opposes the proud and the haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace. Okay, so grace is a gift that we have to receive, but who does he give it to? Look at it. He gives it to everybody, but here's, here's the condition here. Watch this. He says, God is opposed to the proud and the haughty, but continually gives grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. So verse seven, submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. I've entitled today's message, The Power of of yes. The power of yes. And I truly believe, my friends and my family, I'm telling you that today could be a breakthrough message. Today is not just another church service. Today is not just another message. You know, as I've studied God's word, I've come to realize that priorities, 
that word is not just a cool word that we use when we come into a new year. Ooh, got to get some priorities, Phil, right? I got to get accomplish my goals. I need priorities. Listen, priorities is actually God's idea. Why is a priority God's idea? Because God is a God of order. So God, because he is a God of order, you look at creation, everything was in order. But because God is a God of order, he tells us what should be first, and he tells us what should be second in our life. And so here's what he tells us. He says, God says to us, I must be first. God tells you he must be first in your life. Why? Now we would say, well, because he's God. Yes, absolutely. But can I tell you another reason that would kind of make sense and bring this together? God knows that nothing, nothing other than him can handle being first in your life. Do you know, I had to learn this the hard way because for the first 20 something years of my life, I put myself first. And you know what? My life went through self-destruction because I put me first. Let me bring it into context for a minute. Have you ever had a relationship with somebody who put themselves first? Guess what? You do not want to be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't even consider you. Can I hear a good amen today? Now, I understand what the Bible says, that we are to love ourselves, but we are to love ourselves as he loves us. So even the love for me has to come from him. Come on, this is good this morning. But we can put ourselves first. But I just want to encourage you, you can't handle being first. You can't handle it. You will self-destruct. Well, then there are those that will say, Pastor Phil, it's not me. I'm not first. It's my spouse. They are first. Okay, I get you. So now your spouse is the sole per- source of your happiness. It's going to be up to your spouse to make you happy, to make you joyful all the time. Can I tell you, that's a lot of pressure on your spouse. I love my wife. I love her. But I know this may sound mean, even though her birthday was on Friday. I love her. But my wife is not first. God is first. And so in years of doing marriage counseling, I will sit there with somebody, a couple, and the wife is like, you know, my husband this, my husband that. And he's sitting there. He looks like a raisin because all of the life has been sucked out of him because she's trying to draw everything from him. My church family, your spouse can't be second. They can't handle it. God has to be first because if you will love God first, then you can love your spouse with the love that God gives you. So some people are like, no, it's not my spouse. This is my money. Man, money's first. You know what's interesting is that in the last, 12, uh, last two years, we have a 401k, and uh, we got a call because of everything going on in the economy. <sighs> Half of it was just wiped out. Investments. <sighs> so money can't be first because it can be gone. They're literally printing money. We can't put our trust in. So here's what God says. God knows that he is the only one that has all of the power, all of the authority to be able to be the first in your life. Why is that? Because he has all the love you need. Come on. He has all the wisdom you need. He has all the healing you need. He has all the provision you need. He has all the grace you need. He has all the forgiveness you need. He has all the rest you need. He has all of it. All of it. It's all there. It's all for you, as much as you want. So that's why me and my wife have a good marriage, because I get everything I need from God, and then I come love her. There's some things that I'm telling God that I don't tell her because my relationship, because she just can't handle it. I I have issues. Can I just tell you this? 
God knows what you need even before some of you know that you need it. I told somebody, I'm 52 years old and I'm still trying to find out even what I like. Some things I just don't know. But you know what? God knows. So he has to be first. He's the only one that has enough power to be first in your life. Right? So if you put anything first other than him, let me just encourage you, learning from experience, you will be disappointed. That's actually what got me to God was I was so disappointed. And the truth is that we can't walk in the fullness of God when you put him second. Listen, I want to tell you something. God doesn't do second. He just doesn't do second. He doesn't do second. Tom, is that you? Oh, my goodness. Can we just give him a good round of applause? I'm sorry. I, I have ADD, so I'm like that, you know, in up when it's like squirrel. Sorry. Tom has been out for like six months. He's been in another country. So he just came back today. He's here every single Sunday, every single Sunday. And then he left for, so when he walked in, I was like, whoa, I'm sorry. All right. All right. Are you good, Tom? Okay. Stop distracting me. Let's get back to the word. God just doesn't do second. And for some of us, I'm hoping today will really help you because you wonder why you're not seeing breakthrough in your life, but you have him in the back seat. He doesn't do second. So God set in motion order. Can I just say this? I know that peace is a fruit of the spirit. But you know, peace also comes from having things in order. Somebody was in my house the other day and they said, I'm, I'm surprised that I feel so much peace in your house. I said, yes, because we have a house of order, right? Even when my son was little, he could not just throw himself on the floor. And, yeah! That's not order. I was telling someone when he used to do that, it was funny because he would just throw himself on the floor. He's like, well, I don't know, four years old. And me and my wife, I would just take her hand and we would just walk away and we would walk into the bedroom and then we would hear there was no more crying. Why? Because there was no attention to the show anymore. And he would get quiet. He's like, oh. And then he would run into our bedroom and he would look at us and we would just be like talking and he's like, and then he would come crawl because we don't approve of that behavior. How many of you know in life you can't get on the floor at Stater Brother and just go, ah, my coupon's expired. It's not real life. But when there's order, and that's how God said it, look at creation. Everything is in order. There's priorities. And so my church family, when we understand that God has set priorities in our life, if you don't understand it, it could be actually the difference between you having victory or having defeat in your life. And so what I want to share to you and what I want to dig in today has really helped me personally. I think it's going to help you because as a young Christian, man, I had so many things I had to overcome. How many of you know I'm still in process? How many of you are still in process? God's still working. We're all still, we're, and I'm just sorry. You may see my human side, but I am human. I put my pants on the same way that you did. Can I hear a good amen today, right? And so, man, I'm still in process. But in my 20s, like at 22, I was dealing with addictions. I was addicted to, uh, you know, to, to nicotine. I was smoking two packs a day. And here's what I knew growing up, growing up in church. I knew that the devil wanted to steal, kill, and destroy from my life. So I knew I had to overcome 
I knew he was tempting me. Come on, how many of you, the devil, he comes and he tempts you? Because especially when you're living for God and he was tempting me, so I knew I had to resist him. Watch this, but today as we talk about the power of yes, as we're talking about the power of priority, I knew that it was necessary to say no to the devil. It's biblical, it's necessary, but it's not first. James says this, James says, submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm, and he will flee from you. So here's number one for all of our note takers today. There has to be a submitting before there's a resisting. So here I was, no devil. Man, I need to, I need to, I need, I know I, listen, listen, I need to break through this. I need to, no, no devil, you're not gonna have me. But you know what? There were areas of my life that weren't submitted to God. So watch this. As we talk about priority, the first focus is giving God my yes before I say no to the devil. Because here's what happens. When I submit to God, when I give yes and I say yes to God, he gives me the authority and the power to say no. First, I was like, no, trying to do it all in my own strength and nothing was happening. But when I read this scripture, I was like, Oh, I have to submit to God first. This is what James is saying. He's saying your yes to God gives you the authority to say no to the devil. So when I submit to God, then I can resist the devil and he will flee. Listen, it's not just resisting the devil. It's submitting first to God. And if you don't, you're going to get real, real frustrated. See, I was... I was addicted to cigarettes. And it's funny because Corey's brother, Jeff, is who I used to hang out with. And so Corey knows, man, we used to party a lot, man. Like like we just, we partied and we partied and we partied. I think Prince wrote the song 1999. He wrote it about us. We partied. And I ended up with an addiction. First, I controlled it, but then it controlled me. And I could not resist it by myself. But as I began to submit to God, Right now, here's what I did too. Let me, let me just tell you this. Okay. I need to break this. I'm going to commit. I'm really, really going to be self-disciplined. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be really, really self-disciplined. My church family, everybody look at me. Self-discipline is great, but it's not first. Submitting is first. Submitting is first. Do you know that self-discipline, self-control is a fruit of God's spirit? It's not just an act of your will. The word fruit means impact. So here's what I could do. I can look inside myself and try to be self-disciplined, or I can find out about the fruits of the spirit, and God will empower me to be more disciplined. Yes, I have to make a decision, my church family, but you and your own self-discipline is not going to overcome the enemy. You're going to overcome the enemy by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear a good amen today? So you're going to have to say yes to God. It's his Holy Spirit that gives you the strength. It's not just you saying no in your own strength. It's submitting first to Jesus, to his spirit saying yes. And guess what? You will have a supernatural no. It's the power of yes. So if we don't understand that we're supposed to be submitting before we're resisting, we get frustrated. We don't see results. And here's where I was. You just want to quit. This whole thing doesn't work. Man, I'm trying. I'm doing it. Man, I'm not seeing results. But I was doing it the wrong way by putting second things first. And God says, look, here's the first priority. Just submit to me. 
Submit your life to me. You know, I looked up that word submit because it's not a popular word. I even was going to warn you today. I was like, listen, church, we're gonna, I'm going to say the S word. In church. I'm going to say the S word. Are you ready? Submit. Because it's not a politically correct word, but it is a God word. This word in the Greek text, because the New Testament was written in the Greek, this word actually is a military term. It literally just means to arrange into order. There's that word again, to arrange into order, right? It's a military word that means putting the troops into divisions, a military fashion under the command of a leader. The root word is to put into order. But if you were going to use it in the Greek in a non-military way, it's a voluntary attitude giving in. Listen to this. It's giving in. It's a yielding. It's to arrange under, to yield to someone's advice, to obey. Now, I want to help people today. I've been a pastor for 30 years and there's a lot of people that will say, I know, listen, I acknowledge that God can help me. How many of you know that God can help you? How many of you know he has the power? So what? There's a lot of people today. I think a lot of Christianity today is I acknowledge. Yeah, I know that he can heal me. Yeah, I acknowledge. I know that God can help me. My church family is not just about an acknowledgement. It's about submitting because you can acknowledge God, but never submit to him. And guess what? You don't see results. There's a lot of people who say, mm, that's good, Pastor Phil. Mm, yeah, I love that. And they acknowledge it, but they never submit to it. When you submit to it and you come under the word of God, that is where results happen. That is where you begin to see miracles. Submitting is making a decision to come under a greater authority than my own. That's what I needed because I couldn't overcome by myself. You know, I was reading this story in Matthew chapter 8. I don't have time to read it, but you can read it. It's interesting because there's a Roman centurion and he comes to Jesus. And he comes to Jesus because his servant is sick. Right. And I, I love this story because as I was reading it this week, I thought, wow, this is interesting because you have a Roman centurion. He's not Jewish. He's Roman. And he's coming to Jesus, who is Jewish. He's humbling himself and he's coming because his servant is sick. And I thought, OK, there's a lot going on in this. How many of you have you ever been sick and your boss like pays all your medical bills? How many of you have ever been sick and your boss is like, oh, Maria, you're sick. I'm going to get you the best doctor. I'm going to get you healed. This Roman centurion loved this servant. And I think it was because that servant was submitted. And he loved him. He loved to work with him. And so this is not in the Bible, but I thought about this. This guy has some influence. This Roman centurion probably, right, got some good doctors. Let's get the best Roman doctors. And you know what? The Bible says he was paralyzed and having a lot of pain. They couldn't get him to walk. They couldn't get him to, to walk in their own strength. They could not. So what do they do? They come. He comes to Jesus. A Roman centurion humbles himself because there was tension between the Romans and the Jews. But the Roman centurion, listen, he humbles himself. And he says, my servant is sick. Listen to Jesus's heart. I will come to your house. I will, I will, I will. I think what's interesting is for a lot of people, they always ask, will Jesus? I know Jesus can heal me, but will he? Jesus said many times, I will, I will come. And the Roman centurion says, no, listen, listen, listen. I'm not worthy for you to come under my house. Watch. 
He says, if you will just say the word, I am a man submitted to authority. Okay. So I say to someone, go and they go. I say to someone, come and they come. Now, why is that? Because this man is submitted to the Roman empire. So if he tells you to go and you don't go, you're not just messing with him. You're going to feel the full weight of the whole Roman Empire because he submitted to the Roman Empire. If he does not do what he is told, then the repercussions is not just the person above him. It is, he's committed to a greater power than himself. He represents, watch, all of the power and the authority of the Roman government. And he says, I understand authority because I'm under authority. Jesus, if you just say the word, your word carries the power and the authority that there can be nothing above it. Not paralyzed, somebody that's paralyzed, any type of sickness, any type of disease, your word carries authority. So if you will just speak that word, Jesus says, wow, I haven't even seen this great of faith in my own people. He says, go and your servant will be healed. The Bible says at that very moment, that very hour, his servant was healed. But here's what Jesus said, watch. He says, have it as you believe. Well, I don't know if, God heals, Pastor Phil. Have it as you believe. I don't know if God can move in my life. Have it as you believe. Pastor Phil, I know that God will supply all of my needs. Yes, have it as you believe. I know that he's going to heal me. I know that this year is going to be an incredible leap. Have it as you believe. That's pretty powerful. You know why? Because that puts some responsibility on us. I'm going to say it. I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to say it. This whole, I, I hear this all the time. I don't know if God wants to heal me because God is sovereign. Yes, but he gave you a choice and you have a responsibility to respond to his sovereignness. And all across this word, it says that he healed all of their diseases. Can I hear a good amen today? And so this man walks away with a miracle. Why? Because he knew the authority that Jesus' word has. His, listen, Jesus' word carried all of the authority and the power of God and all of the kingdom of heaven in one word. But you know what this man understood? To submit. My church family, God is the author of all power and all authority. I'm going to say that again. Maybe I'll get an amen. God is the author of all power and all authority. Amen. You know what? When this man said, I'm a man under authority, this Roman centurion in the Greek, it means this. I'm a man under authority. In other words, I have delegated influence, the ability and the strength that is endued to exercise. So he had the power to exercise authority because he was under authority. And guess what? Not only does God, all the author, is he the author of all power and authority? The Bible says he gave you power and authority. If you'll submit to him. I'm, see, I was, I was really dumb until I was about 23. Because then I, the light came on and go, I can't beat this by myself. 
But if I'll submit my life to a greater authority and a greater power, I think I need to do that. You know what that is? That's humility. It's not self-righteousness. It's humility. Self-righteousness says, I don't need that. I can do it by myself. But you know what? When we're submitted, this is what we're saying. God, your will be done. Not my will. Your will be done. Isn't that what Jesus said to pray in Matthew chapter 6? He says, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So watch. When my life is submitted to him and I say his will be done, I can actually have heaven on earth. Let me say it this way. When I say your will be done, not mine, I can literally have heaven in the midst of hell. Why? Because I'm connected to a kingdom that is beyond the kingdoms of this world. Or I can say my will and just basically live in hell. On, I've heard people say, this is hell. I'm like, oh, you don't know yet. You think this is hell? <laughs> no, this ain't hell. But for the people who are submitted and say, not my will, your will be done. The Bible says we can actually pray that on earth, it, it'll be on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that what Jesus did in the garden? He's praying and he's sweating blood. And this is what he says, not my will, but your will be done. Now, let's be honest. Let's be honest. His will doesn't always make sense. You can say amen. I know you're thinking it. It doesn't always make sense. Can I give you an example? Somebody hurts you. Somebody hurts you bad. And it is his will to forgive. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. You've been hurt. So it's God's will. But Pastor Phil, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to forgive. I want revenge. Actually, I want to slap them. I want to hurt them like they hurt me. You ever think that but never do it? You're just like, mm. Right? I've thought it. But here's the reality. Now, what I'm about to say is a statement of maturity. And I'm saying it because I've learned it. Because I've done my will instead of his will. And life really gets hard that way. It can really get hard. But this is a statement of, of maturity, my church family. See, I'm at the point now, I don't forgive people in my life who hurt me based on who they are or what they've done or what they didn't do. I simply forgive because I'm submitted to God. And so I forgive. It's that simple. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. I'm submitted to the Lord. And I have found that if I do it his way and his will, I will always succeed. I just made that I'm submitted to God. Listen, I'm submitted I'm submitted to God more than I'm submitted to you. I'm submitted to God more than I'm submitted to my own hurt. I know I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a little bit up here, but I've learned this and my life has been good. And so people hurt. Listen, I wish I could tell you that after the service, you're going to forgive everybody and you're never going to have to forgive anybody else again. Not true because you're going to get on the 15 on Tuesday and guess what's going to happen? You're going to have to forgive somebody. You're feeling the Holy Spirit there. There's a lot of forgiveness happening on the 15 highway and the 215. But here's the results. Watch this. Here's what I've learned. Any area of your life that is not submitted to God can actually be an open door for the enemy. So watch. I'm going to do things my way. Like Frank Sinatra said, I'm going to do it my way. 
So now I'm hurting. Watch. Now I'm not only hurting, I didn't forgive. Now it's turned into bitterness, right? And so the enemy will try to capitalize that. He'll try to steal your joy, right? He'll try to, listen, he'll try to kill your possibilities of any new relationships, right? He'll try to destroy your life. But here's the good news, my church family. The devil can't destroy my life without my cooperation. Because here's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to yield to him. He wants you to submit to him. See, we're all submitted to stuff. But I ask you this question, what you're submitted to, does it have the power to bring breakthrough in your life? That's where I had to come to this point. Because here's what God knows. When you forgive, it brings freedom in your life. Freedom in your life, right? And you say, Pastor Phil, but you don't understand. Why would I submit my heart if it's broken Amen. It's in pieces. This is where I was. My life, I shattered my life. I was at the point of suicide. And when I prayed, that's what I thought. God, why would you even want my life? My life is horrible. But how many of you know God specializes in horrible? And you know what he does? He'll take a heart that's hard and he'll make it into a heart of flesh. This is why God wants your broken life because he wants to give you a whole new life. It's actually his life. It's the Zoe, God kind of life. And it's not a fair exchange, my church family. You give him our little petty, our little thing, and he blesses you with his life. Come on, if you believe that, would you give him a good round of applause? That's really what grace is. That's really what grace needs. God specializes and make all things new. But I think there's a key as we talk about submission today. There's a key to submission that really centers around humility. Here's number two. You're going to have to decide that you're going to live with more grace. Everybody say that with me. Say more grace. grace. You got to say yes to grace. Self-righteous people don't say yes to grace. What do you mean more grace, Pastor Phil? Well, the Amplified says this in many translations, James chapter four, verse six, it says, he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life. Listen, 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 write this down. You can't defy sin without grace. You can't, you can't watch. So if James is telling us that God has given us more and more grace, then that means it's possible we can decide to live with less grace. How do you live with less grace? Now, let me just tell you this. This is not a God issue. God is pouring out his grace. He's even pouring out his grace to prideful people. But the Bible says this, pride people, they resist God. They can have grace, but no, they think that they can do it all by themselves. But how do we live with less grace? We live with less grace with not being humble. See, listen, my level of humility will determine the amount of grace that I walk in. That's why Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. All of the things that we read, all of the things that he went through, two-thirds of the New Testament, he says all of this. Now, Paul, it was an intellect. Paul memorized all five books of the Bible, the first beginning books of the Bible, because he was a Pharisee. That was one of the things. He was an intellect, but he never said all that. You know what he said? He says, I'm the chief of sinners. He says, and I am what I am by the grace of God. And can I encourage you, my church family? You will be what you will be if you submit by the grace of God. And he's pouring out, say yes to grace, say more grace in my life, not less grace. I am humble before you, God, and I need more grace. Are you here this morning? 
So I'm going to teach on grace. Probably going to do it after Easter. So this is where the shift came in my life. I submitted my life to Jesus. And I realized that he gave me the power to use his name, the name of Jesus, and I can resist the devil. you got to make a decision to do that. It's not just submitting. It's submitting, then resisting. But can I ask you a question? If it's God's grace that empowers us by his spirit to defy sin, let me ask you this question. If grace saves me and has the power to help me define sin, shouldn't I prioritize grace instead of my mistakes? Shouldn't I prioritize instead of, no, I can't sin, right? Because growing up, this is what I heard constantly at church. No, 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 no. Don't eat that chocolate for cake. You're going to get fat. No, no, no. Don't cuss. Listen, no, 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 no. That bad attitude is wrong. No, stop that. No, no, no. You better stop looking at that pornography. No, 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 no. And I was thinking, what are we supposed to do? Because this sounds so boring. Because everything was about, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. So you know what we do with our sin? No, 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 sin. No, 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 sin. And we forget that the way that we define sin is not just saying, no, 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 sin. That's second. What do we do first? We say yes to God's grace. And when you say yes to God's grace, and I begin to dive into submitting to God and saying, God, it's by your grace. Guess what happened to the things and the attitudes in my life? They started to fade away. You know why? Because what you focus on, you empower in your life. It's just like people who go on a diet and they start thinking about all the things that they can't eat. My wife and I did a diet a while back and the whole thing was about all the things you could eat. I'm like, let's talk about what we can eat, not just not what we can't do. If you will receive God's grace, I'm telling you what he will do is the things in your life will begin to fade away. And guess who gets all the glory? God. So here's what I did. I started looking into grace. And guess what happened when I started realizing what grace was? I started to get more self-discipline. I started because that was a fruit of God's spirit. I started to have more patience. I started to have more peace. You know why? That is all, not just choices. That is actually the results of the Holy Spirit working in your life. I stopped focusing on my weaknesses, started focusing on his grace. Guess what happened to the weaknesses? They just started to fade away. Because my focus is on what I couldn't do. My focus is what God says I am and his grace. My church family, listen, grace will always be more than sin. Pastor Phil, we are in an evil time. I mean, have you ever watched the news? It's evil. Man, it's sinful. It's like we're living in in Sodom and Gomorrah. (laughs) I know. But here's the cool thing. This is what gets me excited. Romans chapter five, verse 20, it says, where sin abounds, grace much more will always abound. So when there's more sin, there's always more grace, always more grace, always more grace. Always. And I have people always, and I'm like, grace, like, how can you be so calm? Because grace will always abound more than sin. Are you understanding this morning? If I were to ask you today, as we close, one more point, but I want to ask you today. We have our growth track. It's coming up this next Sunday. It's February 5th. Go on our website. We share about the vision of the church. We share about four fundamental beliefs that we believe. It's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. We send you fill in the blanks. 
will send you a spiritual gifts assessment personality profile. And they'll put it up on the screen here at the end. And you can take a picture of that. We'd love for you to be a part of that. But in the growth track, we talk about really what grace is. And in every growth track, I ask this question. I said, if you were to analyze your thoughts this week, I want you to be honest. How many of your thoughts, percentage-wise, were on your mistakes or on God's grace? Do you know every single growth track will tell me I'm consumed with the sin consciousness? So why do you keep sinning? Because that's all you think about. So today, and that's what makes our church different, I could come in here today and I could just be in the sin con. You already know what you're going through. Before you got in here, the Holy Spirit's already working. Sure, we'll talk about what sin can do. But my church family, I'm not just going to talk about the problem. We're going to talk about your solution. And the solution is God's grace and submitting to him. And breakthrough starts to happen. And you'll be happier than you've ever been. I'm telling you, you'll live free. And it's amazing. The submitted life is the greatest life. Because God's got my back. So now when I say no and resist the enemy, it's not just fill. When I say the name of Jesus, it carries the weight and the authority of God. And so some of us, as we close today, I think we can pick and choose and go, that's good for you, Pastor Phil. You're, you're a pastor. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm human. And I've made a lot of mistakes. And I would not be here if it was not for his grace. And I don't just say that. I've had to live it out. I want what's work. But I think... For some of us, we can think, well, God's promises, uh, God is saying, no, that's not for you. You don't know. You, I know what you've done. I know how many times you've done it. No, no, no. Yeah, okay, this promise is for you. You've done, no. I want to end with this. See, God has already given you his yes, but you have to give God your yes. You know, the Bible says if we'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. Why? He's already done the work. Jesus has already done the work on the cross. You're already forgiven on the cross. He already did step one. And he says, if you'll just respond, you can have all the advantages of living a redemptive life. But here's number three. Our yes is the agreement that activates God's promises in our life. Now, listen, no matter who you are today, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done it, grace is bigger than your biggest mistake. And you may have not have known this, but God has already said yes to his promises for your life. Because some of us can think God is up here going, no, 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 no. You don't get my promise. Yes, you, yo, yes, you get my promise. No, 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 no. You don't get a promise. But look what this says as we end. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Second Corinthians 1, 10. It says, can you see it on the screen? It says, for some of God's promises are yes and amen. What does it say? Come on, what does it say? All. Are they for certain people? They're for everybody, but you have to receive them by faith. But listen to this. For all of God's promises in him are yes and amen to the glory of God. I read that and I go, what does this mean? In other words, God has the power 
to complete his word. I know that. But I read this in a different translation and it helped me so much. See if it helps you. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 1.20 says this in the CEV. God says yes to all his promises. So you don't have to sit here and go, is that grace that he's talking about? For me, it's no, no, no. God wouldn't give that to me. God has already said yes. Here's what he's waiting for. Your amen. What is amen? Amen means yes, be it unto me. Amen. Yes, grace, yes. God is not looking at you and going, no, 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 you don't get, oh, no, 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 no. You, you get a little great. No, he's already said yes to you. But the question that we end is, have you said yes to God? Because when you say and put your amen to God, his promises become fulfilled in your life. I challenge you today, after you watch football, to look at the last word in the book of Revelation. Do you know what the last word in the book of Revelation is? Anybody know? Amen. So after all the Bible, after all the promises, after all of it, the last word is yes, amen to all of it. Be, listen, 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 yes and amen to all of his promises. But you have to say yes. What's funny is that we have a church that talks back to me when I preach. Because I like it that way. I love when truth is going out and people are going, yes. Oh, yes. Amen, Phil. Because here's what they're doing. They're saying, be it unto me. But I had a woman come up to me and say, I'm leaving this church. I said, why? I just don't like it when people are talking back to the pastor. And I'm thinking to myself, do you ever read your Bible? Like people in here are going yes to God. And what we want people to do is go, yes. And that's fine if that's you. But when you don't understand what I've gone through and God is saying yes to a promise that I need, oh, I want to shout it out. I want to say yes, yes, yes. Louder than I do for the Pittsburgh Steelers, louder than I do for my golf game or whatever, but I don't play golf. All of those things, all the things that you watch, the dog show that you're like, yeah. But then we come into God's house and there's a promise of grace and we're like, Because somewhere in our mind, we think that the church has to be like a funeral. And so today, what we have to do is we have to allow the power of yes to resonate in our life today. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to say yes. Come on, say yes. Yes to God's promises. Come on, say yes. Say yes. All right, come on, ready? Come on, I want everybody to stand up. Come on, I want everybody to stand up. Come on, I want you to say yes. Come on, I want you to say yes. Come on, man, help us out. Come on, yes, say yes. Yes, 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 God, yes, whatever. God, yes, I submit. Yes, yes, come on, resound it. Come on, come on, resound it. Come on, say yes, God. Yes, 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 yes. Yes to freedom, yes to love, yes to patience, yes to peace, yes to, yes to provision, yes to freedom. Come on, yes to life in his spirit. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Yes to the dreams you have for me. Yes to the life that you have for me. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Amen.
So as we end the power of priority with the power of yes, this is what I want you to do this week. I want you to emphasize saying yes to God instead of just saying no to everything else. Focus on your yes. Watch what'll happen. I'm not saying that you just let everything go, but what I'm saying is that you've got to turn your mind to yes, Lord. When the enemy comes in and goes, you're such a pervert. Yes, God, I have your grace in my life. Come on, somebody. You're not forgiven. I thank you, God, that you have forgiven me. My church family, the devil is defeated already. And here we are fighting somebody who's defeated in our own strength when you have the power and the authority and the yes of God on your life. Come on, this is good. Let's give him one more great round of applause today. Yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna close with this and we're just gonna pray. Do you have two more minutes? I I don't think the game starts till three. This has transformed my parenting because I grew up in a no house all the time. Can we have some fun? No, no. And guess what? I thought that's how God was all the time. And so what we've done, even with our, our, our child is we're looking, how can we always say yes in a way, son, sometimes it's just giving him another option to say, son, Hey, what about this? Which one do you want to say yes to? And you know what? My son's happy. He doesn't live in this house. Like, can I have a fork? No. Get your own. He lives in a household where there's peace. And as children of God, God has already given you his yes. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I never want to minimize what people are going through today. I know that struggles can be hard. I know I've been there. I, Seems like breakthroughs far away, but I want to tell you all power, all authority, all sickness and disease has to come under his authority and his power. And today he's right here with you and there's breakthrough. If you'll just continue to say yes to God, he hears your cry, he loves you cares about you as his children. You have the power to resist. And the Bible says the enemy will flee when we give God our yes. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us today. I never like to close out a Passion Life Church service without giving people the opportunity to say yes to salvation. See, there is a saving grace, but there's also a sustaining grace. But first we receive his grace. What is that? It's God's unmerited, unearned favor in our lives. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it, but he gives it to us. We just receive it. And humility says, I need it. If you're here today and maybe you need to come back to God, maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've gone to church, you've gone through religious things, but you've never made a conscious decision today that you know of to say, Jesus, come inside my heart. And I submit my life to you. I may be broken, may have pain, but I give it all to you today in exchange for the life that you have for me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, 
I'd like to say a prayer. If you've never said that prayer and invited Jesus, or maybe today you want to recommit your life, would you repeat after me? Listen, my church family, could you say this prayer with me as well, just so those who are saying it don't feel like they're alone? Come on, repeat after me. Say it with faith. Say, Father God. Come on, let's say it loud. Father God, today I say yes to you. I repent of my sin. Jesus, come inside my heart. I confess you as Lord. Today, I am no longer Lord of my life. I submit it to you. Have your way. In Jesus' mighty name. Life will never be the same. It's powerful. Come on, let's give him a great round of applause today. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.